0: So welcome guys to the uh, February round table call. We are so excited that you guys have taken some time to join us uh for this call. Uh I'm I'm I've been excited about this call for a while. Um Pastor Brandon is just a an awesome man. If you have not um been around him, um you're you're going to be excited um that you uh, and uh, you are going to want to make sure to get out your notes. Um, he is a man of God that just is passionate about prayer and and, um, and this topic, which is talking to students about the, the Holy Spirit. And so you're going to want to get out your pens and your paper and uh, your moleskins, whatever you've got going there. Um, but as as usual, guys, this is just a time for us just to kind of hang out uh, and kind of talk a little bit about what's going on. And... Um, Get uh, just some some dialogue on a topic, and um, we've got a couple of things I want to let you guys know about um, before we jump into the call. But um, we've got tonight at uh, seven seven p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we have a online uh, preview day uh, through Periscope, and you can watch that through at vs leadership at VS Leadership on Periscope. You can jump on that. We're going to be uh, just kind of doing a live stream of just kind of some of the stuff that we're doing and uh, interview some of our students. I know that um, a lot of you guys uh, are out of state uh, or your students just aren't able to make it to an in-person preview day. And so we just want to give you guys that option. Also, next Wednesday, so a week from yesterday, we have our live preview here uh, at the church. And so we'd love for any of your juniors and seniors to come, be a part, check out the program, check out what it uh, what it looks like to be a part of um, our program here, and um, see if it might be a fit for them. Also, uh, next month, we've got uh, an awesome, awesome speaker. I'm excited to hear from him as well. It's Landon Pickering. And uh, Landon, uh, had most of his leadership experience um, largely uh, by serving one of the largest youth ministries in America and overseeing multi-site locations with Ed Young, Jr. at Fellowship Church. Uh, he now is a youth ministry speaker, a coach, and he travels around helping um, build thriving youth ministries around the nation. Uh, he is hes a good friend, and he lives in Dallas, uh, the Dallas, Texas area, and Uh, works now at a church uh, helping them rebuild their youth ministry and kind of build that up and get that going. Um, And so you're going to want to be a part of that um, next month. That's going to be March 31st, March 31st. And that, again, will be at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. And uh, please make your – we will send out emails, and we will send out text messages, all that kind of stuff for you guys to remind you as well. And just as a reminder as well, all of these calls are recorded, uh, and uh, then we post them up on our website, which is yproundtable.com, yproundtable.com. And uh, go ahead and make sure you check those out and get to those recordings Um, I'm not sure, uh, Brandon, are you, are you on the line? I'm not, not seeing you on here. If you are, just give me a text, something like that to confirm. I'm not seeing him on here. Hello? Hello, Brandon, are you there?
1: Yeah, sorry. I've been trying to. I've been yelling the whole time. I'm calling you from my office line, so that's probably why I'm not showing up. My okay. Voice.
0: Let me go ahead and mute, and then I'll unmute. Uh, we'll get this thing going. Hold on one second. All right, Brandon, you there?
1: Yes. Can you hear me?
0: Awesome, we got you. Hey, let me let me do a little bit of a better introduction than that one. Um, <laughs> just want to make sure you were there, man, before we switched over to you. Well, Pastor Brandon is, uh, man, just uh, man. When I know, got to know you a little bit, man. The first thing that really stuck out to me is just your your passion, your love for prayer, uh, and just the presence of God. He is the youth pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. He's also the, the, the director of Desperation Leadership Academy and the Desperation Conference that brings in thousands of students from around the nation. He's also, this is what's crazy to me, he's also a professor, uh, a singer, and the cover model for Focus on the Family Magazine. <laughs> I'm sure that's your biggest claim to fame, I'm sure.
1: It's my biggest one, being focused. <laughs> uh,
0: He's passionate about prayer, uh, worship. the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm excited that Brandon, you take the time to talk to us about this topic that I've been just itching to hear you talk about, which is uh, talking about the Holy Spirit to an emotional generation. So I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, So Brandon, uh, the the table is yours, man. Go for it.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Certainly appreciate what you're doing to impact a generation of influencers, of uh, teenagers and young people and young adults. Obviously, all of us Share a passion, um, or else we wouldn 't be in youth ministry. We actually believe that uh, we can impact this generation for the cause of christ, and so i 'm honored to be here today and i 'm honored uh, to even learn from some of the questions uh, that are going to be posed at the end of our time together so i want to um, I want to jump right in um, with a verse John chapter sixteen uh, John chapter sixteen. Verse 7 says, But very truly I tell you, out of the NIV, Jesus talking here, uh, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Let me pray first, real quick, and then we'll jump in. Holy Spirit of the living God, we just invite you into this conversation. We thank you that you are a teacher. You are our mentor. You are our instructor and our advocate. We ask for your voice to be clearly, uh, to be clearly heard by the hearts of all that are um, on this call and all that are going to listen to this call in the future. Come and teach us of your ways so that we may impact and effect change in a generation through your leadership, through your presence, and your power for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Um, I am... Uh, so thankful, specifically to to the Holy Spirit, um, for all that He has done in my life, uh, who He has been uh, since my early teenage years. Whenever I first just kind of encountered the Lord, um, a little bit of my background is that I grew up in grew up in church my whole life. Uh, some of my earliest memories is my mom, you know, praying in the Spirit over me as a young person. God. Take branding, use them for your for your glory, and uh, just seeing different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't until later in my teenage years where I really kind of owned my own faith, had an encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit. And then um, that was after months of reading books and reading scripture and seeing, reading about signs and wonders in the New Testament and reading about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, specifically in Acts and uh, some of the New Testament epistles, that kind of set me on this journey of saying, all right, Holy Spirit, I can see that you are real, um, and I want everything that you have for me, and I want your leadership, I want friendship with you. Um, in my life, and so long before I was in ministry, as a high as a high school student, just kind of praying prayers specifically to the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to be used by you. I want to know you. I want to see you. Um, I want to change my generation, and I know that I cannot do it. I can I can maybe do a little bit um, without you, but I can make a lasting impact and effect uh, with you, with your leadership with your wisdom um, in my life and so um, there were a series of events getting in, in youth ministry uh, right after I finished college, my undergrad year um, in January of uh, 2007 or so, it was about six months after I finished my undergrad year and I remember serving at my church down in Louisiana and um, I was just a few months into youth ministry at that time. And I remember, obviously, depending on where you are in the youth ministry journey, you know, I think all of us would look back and say the first couple years was just uh, all right. You know, Jesus, we have got a service tonight, <laughs> and um, I hope you show up. <laughs> It'll be awesome if you do. Uh, but uh, and, and and really, just that dependence, like that reliance upon Jesus. Like I remember nights thinking god if you don't show up this thing is going to be a freaking just a train wreck i mean i wasn't that smart i wasn't that learned i wasn't that experienced just had a hunger for god as a 22 year old and um i lived pretty passionately for the lord in my teenage and young adult years and just felt this calling to affect change in a generation um but i remember it was one night before a service and um I was praying in my office at the time down in, in Lake Charles, Louisiana at my home church, and I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me so clearly, like, like just in my heart. Um, Brandon, don't ever try to do youth ministry, specifically. Don't ever try to do youth ministry without the fire of my presence. Always pray for my fire, specifically. Always pray for my manifest presence. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember I was on um, the this hideously green carpet in, in in my office, on my knees, on my face, and just saying, Yes, Lord, I will always, if I don't get anything else right, um, I won't try to do youth ministry without the fire of your presence and without the manifestation, without ultimately, without you, Holy Spirit, without your leadership, without submitting everything to you, and I can honestly say about you know nine years on the other uh, nine years in now that um, for all the mistakes that you make, for all the things that you don't get right, one of the things that has just been, just been a core conviction and a core value is that Holy Spirit, I cannot do this. Um, I can't do this without you. I think in as we are ministering to a very emotional. I was I was kind of looking at the title, the topic that we had picked, explaining the Holy Spirit to an emotional generation earlier this morning, and uh, and I think it would have been more appropriately titled, explaining the Holy Spirit to a very fickle, a very fickle generation, uh, teenagers and young young adults these days. You can go from being a superhero in their eyes to just being like, who is this guy? Like you know, the very next day, or maybe even in the same on the same day, maybe even in the same conversation. It's so funny to see the ups and downs of the emotions of young people. I think one of the things that as youth pastors and youth ministers and youth leaders that we need to highlight, if we're going to communicate the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit, well, well, number one, we have to answer a question, and I have a, I have a question for every single one of you. Um, John 16:17. whenever Jesus said, unless I go away, in different translations, it's more expedient. All of us are familiar with the verse. It's more beneficial. It's more expedient for me to go. For if I go, the comfort of the paracletos, the helper, the counselor, the teacher will not come. My question for you is that, is, is do you share the same ministry philosophy as Jesus? And that ministry philosophy is this. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is actually more advantageous for the disciples that you're trying to raise up than your own ministry. And what I mean by that is do we authentically believe that if we can introduce young people to the person of the Holy Spirit, do we authentically believe that it's more advantageous for them to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit than it is to get to know us to get to know our lives, to hear our little message or our little leadership <laughs> topics. And if the answer to that question is yes, and I believe it is for the majority of us, then we've got to figure out, okay, um, and looking at the ministry of Jesus, I think number one, the reason why he was so, um, he was so Bent on this idea. If you look at his commandments, even to the disciples, he didn't say, "Go plant a church." He didn't say, "Go, go, 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 start a revival." Go, go, launch a missions movement. Um, the first thing he told them to do is, "Go and wait in Jerusalem." Obviously, don't try to do anything for me um, without doing something with me, and that's through the person. Of the Holy Spirit until you be endued or filled with power from on high, but I think what we tend to miss over even whenever Jesus sent out the seventy. I'm reading through the through the Gospels right now on a reading plan with our with our with our um, student leaders, um, our high school student leaders right now, and as I'm going back and reading through the Gospels, it is so obvious to me that it it, it seems like Jesus seems to highlight the person of the Holy Spirit over the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. It's not, to the, uh, it's not to, the, to the exclusion of the other, but in the Gospels and in the New Testament, and, and specifically with Jesus whenever he's talking, he tends to, especially in John 17 and all throughout the Gospel of John, he really highlights the attributes of who the Holy Spirit is as opposed to what the Holy Spirit can do, and I think that in a generation of emotional teenagers, if we will highlight and trust and believe me whenever I say, uh, "I am so about the power of the Holy Spirit I mean every we're praying you know, we 're praying for miracles, signs, and wonders we're, i mean we 're right there with you last night. I'm leading in worship, uh, you know, uh, here as in heaven, Elevation's new song. And I'm, I'm like channeling my inner Stephen Furtick here, now. You know, if you haven't heard that album, if you've heard that album, you'll get it. But it's like Spirit of the Lord is here and, you know, a miracle can happen now. But even in the midst of all of that, I'm careful to explain to our teenagers the Holy Spirit is not here to be your genie in the bottle that you can just rub the same way, rub a certain way and he's going to do all these magical, mystical things for you. But more importantly than that, he is a person to be known, not a power to be experienced, or over a power to be experienced. And I want to be careful in that because obviously theologically you may not know our sit or stand on that or philosophically, but i think you you you'll agree with me in knowing that he is a, he's a person to be he's a person to be experienced he's a person to be known he's a person to be desired and i know in my own life as i was in a journey of following jesus whenever that revelatory truth was unlocked in my heart by various teachers and and speakers and leaders and mentors in my life it changed everything my college years whenever i started looking at the holy spirit as a as a person and that he had feelings and emotions and i started referring to him as a he and not an it and started chasing after um conversations with him even more so than uh, a release of his power or you know in healing of sickness or raising the dead which i pray for all of that and i still do and i believe in it but I believe if we're going to reach an emotional generation, we've got to highlight that the Holy Spirit is here to be encountered by you, but he wants to be, he desperately wants to be known by you. I think that it is essential that we model this uh, to teenagers. John chapter 10, 3 through 5, the gatekeeper opens the door for him, uh, says Jesus, and the sheep listen to his voice. Um, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought Uh, out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. So I was even in dialogue with my senior pastor about this over the last couple of days. I think it's so important that we remember that sheep have to be trained. They don't just kind of learn on their own. And so I think the best way is to model spirit-led, spirit-empowered life in God to our teenagers. And as we make disciples, I love to say this, you know, if you will emphasize um, the attributes of the Holy Spirit, it can be a game-changer in your youth ministry, whether it's through small group discussion or even on the main stage platform. Again, whatever your maybe denomination or theological construct, I'm not sure of what your, your, your pneumatology is, your belief about the Holy Spirit, but, but for us here at New Life and even within Desperation, um, we make a big deal out of the person of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that we do that and which I would encourage you is um, one way to do that is to make space for him, especially in your worship experiences. And that doesn't mean you have to drag out 30 minutes of awkwardness or, or weirdness in, in a service, but I think intentionally creating spaces. And I love high energy, high impact youth services. I am I love the the production, the lights, the fog, the... The uh, the life giving nature of youth ministry. I think that most of us try to embody and try to model. I see the strengths of it, um, but I also I also see sometimes um, that whenever we focus on the high production value, and we give very little intentionality to the presence value of the Holy Spirit, um, then, then then we can miss it. Our and the trajectory of that the the, the problem with going. In, in, uh, in, in one direction for a long time is that over time you, you miss your destination, right? If you're just, if you're just a little bit um, off in trying to get to your destination, if it's a straight line and you're a little bit to the right, you end up somewhere where you never thought that you would be. And so in youth ministry, um, I think it's so important emphasizing his attributes but also making space for him in your worship experiences. And so what that looks like for us at Desperation, DSM and in our Desperation Leadership Academy and our internship chapel service, there's always a lull. There's always a a pause. And in creating the pause in the worship experience, whether that's during the message or during the ministry time or during the worship time, um, it's kind of, let's just call it a, a scheduled pause where we create a space for Him. And we just, we wait on the Lord And I think, again, in the fast pace of youth ministry and wanting to entertain and engage and lock people's attention, I get all of that. Listen, weekly, our Wednesday night experience is for 7th through 12th grade students. So I understand the ADD nature of 7th grade and 8th grade students, but I think we've got to fight to train them. And you've got to quiet everything else around you. And so we try to model that in our service Get everything else around you quiet. And it, that's represented by kind of pauses in the room. And it can taking the risk of a feeling even a little bit awkward, like, all right, nobody's talking. What do I do now? And I think very intentionally um, it communicates a value to your students of saying, you know what? Um, sometimes God comes in the it, – it's the whole Elijah motif. Sometimes he comes in the, in the fire – but in the, in the moment whenever uh, Elijah was in the, in walking out of the mouth of the cave and he saw fire come out, God wasn't in the fire, and there was an earthquake, and the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And the interesting thing about those examples that he gives in Kings is that there are other places in the New Testament where the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God was present previously whenever there was fire that fell down, or, uh, or earthquakes, or a strong storm, But he says, no, 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 uh, I, right now I want to come to you. It's in the still, small voice. And so teaching young people to tune in to the voice of God, it's kind of like, um, like the old radio tuners of kind of going through and, and there's a little bit of, uh, of, um, uh, of noise in the background and, and static, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm turning that dial back and forth until I can hear the voice of God for myself. Ultimately, it's a conversation, whenever we're dealing with a fickle generation, of teaching young people that they can hear from the voice of God via, specifically through the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the person that Jesus has deemed uh, necessary and valuable and and so important to say it's Him who is going to, and obviously we're all familiar with the, 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 the high Trinitarian even view and, and, and what Jesus brings out about the Holy Spirit, especially in the rest of John 17, He will lead you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He won't speak anything of His own. Everything He speaks is literally secondhand because He's heard my Father say it and He's going to glorify me. I think teaching them to create quiet, um, potentially awkward moments of leaning in and impressing and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and championing those moments whenever they happen um, Emphasizing the ministry of the Holy Spirit, emphasizing the person of the Holy Spirit is a deep value of mine. I was talking to a student, it was actually last Wednesday night, a high school student who came and during our prayer time uh, with with our interns uh, earlier during that day, Um, we prayed specifically, Lord, and somebody felt like they had a word that, um, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying um, we are specifically supposed to pray for students who are supposed to be here. We're in the middle of a purity series. Pray specifically for students who are supposed to be here who had no plans of coming, but they will be drawn by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so somebody kind of shared that word. So we prayed specifically about that. And later that night, uh, as the Lord would have it, um, it was after the service. I'm introduced to a guy, and, and it's his first time coming in about five or so months. And I'm talking to him after the service, and we you know, we in this Fool's Goal series right now on sexual purity. And, I, and he's just sharing with me, you know, hey, Pastor Brain, I'm, I'm so glad I came tonight. And he's like, I just got to tell you, I was sitting at Chick-fil-A eating at 6 o'clock, and I just got this thought. I started Googling youth groups. No, it was his first time. It hadn't been six months. It was his first time never come. And so he said, I started Googling nearby youth groups. I saw DSM popped up. I saw you had a service at seven. And I just got this impression, like this drawing, I'm supposed to go to that church tonight. I'm supposed to go to, to this youth group tonight. I've never been before. And so why do I use that as an example? Well, later on in our debrief, amongst our interns, I say, hey, you know, whoever got the, the word about us praying specifically, and I told the guy, by the way, in that conversation, I said, you're here because the Holy Spirit Drew, you here? the Holy Spirit is just simply more of Jesus. That's what Oral Roberts, one of, favorite, one of my favorite quotes, Oral Roberts always talked about the Holy Spirit in articulating him to a, to a, to a clueless uh, generation and whenever it comes to talking about the person in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, charismatic experience, etc. He said, the Holy Spirit, the best way for me to explain him to you is that he is simply more of Jesus. And I love using that language as well, and so I use that with our students and our interns. And so I tell the young man, that's the that's the Holy Spirit. He drew you here, you know. We prayed for you. We, we didn't know who you were, but but we prayed. That the, that the Holy Spirit would draw people who had no intentions of coming. Then later on in the debrief, just to affirm that, because we're always trying to model that. We want to affirm. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice through the ministry and through getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm celebrating this win and saying, hey, whoever got that word, it was, it was just spot on. And I'm so thankful that you led us to pray because I met the student, that, that one of the students that, that we prayed for by the Holy Spirit by you just taking a risk. Um, another verse that I love to highlight whenever it comes to these this idea of the Holy Spirit, because I think we you know immediately associate messiness or um, improper uh, I don't know improper doctrinal things or improper uh, uses or applications the gifts of the Spirit ministry of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there can be a fear, and I so get it because I am a youth pastor. I'm not uh, an evangelist. I don't just... I'm a youth pastor, so I care about the local church. I care about the ramifications, the damages whenever things go awry. Um, I have conversations... All of the time with parents, I had parents in my in my office just uh, about two or three months ago, just talking about this idea of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Some different things that were taking place, you know, are uh, that had taken place in our in our recent services. So I'm just articulating to them, this is what we believe, this is who we are, and you know, this can be controversial. But I am so passionate about in articulating both the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to a generation that seems to be largely clueless or misinformed. Um, Proverbs 4 is where I'm going, where there are no oxen, the manger is, is empty. Our New Living Translation says, without oxen a stable stays clean. And I think whenever it comes to articulating even the person of the Holy Spirit um, to a very fickle and an emotional generation, I think we have to be okay and resolving in our hearts as youth pastors and leaders that we 're going to have to pastor through some through some messes, through some messiness of people. Gosh, I think I heard the voice of God uh, obviously giving them the rubric, and we all know it, and it's probably our go-to verse. You know, the Holy Spirit loves order. You know, it, He does everything decently and in order. Um, yes, absolutely. And I think reminding them that He'll never contradict the Word of God. Um, and so there, there's, a, there's, uh, there's the reality of the tandem nature in which the Holy Spirit functions in tandem with the Word of God, and so with so many emotional highs and lows, ups and downs, I think that we are in the perfect position, really, and uh, and, and you guys know the study, and, and Ryan could articulate much better, much better than I could, or uh, even other people who've led, you know, these different youth leader um, roundtables, is the fickleness of the generation is so. It's such a reflection of the fickle nature of many fathers and homes, and the ups and downs, and the lack of stability in the home. I think that we are in the perfect spot, and we have the perfect platform. And obviously uh, all of us know the statistics about the comings and goings and the short nature of youth pastors for 18 months or six months or a year. I was just sitting with uh, some youth pastors that were kind of shadowing our youth ministry down from, from Lubbock, Texas last night and at their church. You know, they had about six youth pastors over the over the span of about three to four years for their high school students, so we all know that. I say that to say I think that we are perfectly positioned for communicating that, you know what, man is not your solution. Youth pastors are awesome. I'm one of them. I believe in our ministry, but we're not the solution. The real solution is the person who says that, I am with you, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you, through the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus obviously saying, "Lo, I'm with you always, but he said, it's better for me to go, uh, for if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come, and he'll lead you and he'll guide you into all truth. We introduce them to this person of the Holy Spirit, and we remind them over and over again, "I may, I may not be in your world always, your mom and dad may not be in your world always, Different relationships will be up and down, and they may go south or or, or whatever, but there is one, and he has a name, and his name is the Holy Spirit, and he will walk with you in the darkest areas of your life. And while we want to speak hope and we want to speak life, we, those of us, and I think Dale uh, could, could, could preach the message for us, there are unexpected things that will happen in our journey that we had absolutely no plans of, did not logically make sense in our lives, because life just has a way of happening. There is one who will perfectly understand everything that you will ever walk through, good and or bad, unexpected or expect it, and His name is the Holy Spirit. And it would do you well to begin seeking out relationship with Him. And that can sound and seem so mystical, but just teaching them, get acquainted with Him. Talk to Him like your best friend. Talk to Him like... And I, I mean, and, and, and you guys know as youth pastors, we'll do anything to drive home a point. I'll use the example. I mean, i would go as far as to say, why don't you... I mean, text, text yourself even, or send a text to yourself. Just download an app where you just type up something, or you text and you just say, Holy Spirit, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I have to, this is what's on my heart. This is what I want to communicate to you. What does God have to say about this? What's your input about this situation? And as they progress in taking risks, but again, risk-taking is, is so modeled. It's more caught than it is taught and so taking risks in your services and in your discipleship structure of saying hey I think the Holy Spirit may be saying this I think the Holy Spirit may be calling us to do this tonight you guys I think the Holy Spirit may be saying this and listen I am in a season of my life where at 32 years old and about nine and a half years into youth ministry I am more challenged and more charged right now to take major risks that are calculated risks that are in the way of saying, hey, I I think the Holy Spirit may be saying this, Um, we've got to remember that it is not as mystical as it may seem. I think it is Acts around 15. Uh, My major encouragement all the time whenever I think, oh my gosh, is this just my mind? Or is this just Brandon or is this really the Holy Spirit is this my ego or my pride or my emotions trying to work something up because that's always the fear I think if we're honest is this me or is this those don't even talk about students let's talk about us let's talk about our own struggles like is this you Holy Spirit I'm reminded of that great book that was written by the amazing founder of the largest international interdenominational missions movement YWAM Youth with a Mission which I was privileged to be a part of for about six months of my life Um, that, that book that comes down to it by Lauren Cunningham, the amazing founder of YWAM. Is that really you, God? I think if we're honest, we, uh, we're often saying, is that you, Holy Spirit? And more often than not, we, we just kind of make the assumption, no, it's no, it's not you. I'll just kind of keep going. What I am noticing is that the more that I take risks of saying, Holy Spirit, is that you? I think that's you. I think our paramount example, um, the quintessential Kind of moment in Scripture in the New Testament, as I can see, is Acts 15 with the Jerusalem Council. And one of the most significant decisions that had to be made by church leaders ever in the New Testament church history, arguably, is whether or not Gentiles would have to be circumcised like Jews, which may not seem like a big deal to us. But those of us who are students of the Word of God and theologians, this is huge. And we would understand the theological implications that James the brother of Jesus, that brother of Jesus, who was the clear leader at that time, but the Jerusalem Council, the church there in Jerusalem. And and it's so funny to me, because arguably the most important decision that will be made in church history, the the, the language that is used is, it seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit. That's what James articulated. That we should not lay this burden on our Gentile brothers, that they will not have to be circumcised. And it's like, what. It's – that's the best that you guys can – I mean, these are the – these are these are people who are more close in terms of the – to the day of Pentecost, to Jesus' life here on earth, than we would ever be, obviously, on a timetable standpoint. And the best they could come up with – and they walked with the Holy Spirit and knew the Holy Spirit. And obviously, we can all read the Luke Acts and, and read the continuation of the ministry of Jesus through, through the book of Acts. But the best they could come up with was, it seems good to us, guys. <laughs> And it seems to be pleasurable to the Holy Spirit, which, if I can comment on how someone is feeling, that is a huge statement, that I have deep and intimate relationship with them. Whenever I can say, this is how my wife is feeling, and it be true, it's because we're close, our best friend of mine, I can say, man, this is how he's feeling. It's because I've spent lots of time, and I'm in close, in terms of proximity, I'm close, so close with him. Um, I think that that is our model. So really articulating the person of the Holy Spirit to a generation really comes down to us and the closeness by which we walk with the Holy Spirit. Um, there is an old book, and gosh, you can hate him, love him, whatever. Uh, it's I'm taking a, <laughs> taking a risk here, uh, that I read years and years and years ago. And it was probably one of the most, it, it kind of set me on this course of, of saying, I want to know the Holy Spirit in a personal way, not just His gifts. And listen, I speak in tongues probably more more than I care to admit, probably throughout the day, I mean, always. It's just, and and so I, I say that to say I'm so, I mean, I am... Charismatic Pentecostal <laughs> to my to my core. I believe in praying in tongues and a prayer language and all of that, and I encourage that and I teach on that. And we make space in our services for students to receive to receive that um, to receive that gift and that empowerment in in a dynamic way. But listen, um, this old book, <laughs> Good Morning Holy Spirit, Benny in, I know such a joke, but there were some truths in that book that, as a teenager, whenever I read it that unlocked something in my heart, honestly, that said, man, I want to stop ignoring the third person of the Trinity. And it kind of marked me as a 15, 16-year-old that, Holy Spirit, I long to know you, and I want to hear your voice, and I want to know if you're not okay with something, and I want to know what you know, how you feel about a certain situation, decisions. And um, and so I would encourage you guys get to know him personally and I think that's gonna be the best way because you'll model it for your students. They'll tell, they'll be able to tell that, man, you've got a relationship with this person, the Holy Spirit, and I want that. As a matter of fact, I need that in my life. Another book recommendation that 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 I'll make in a stronger way is Holy Spirit Introduction, written by a dear friend of mine, John Bevere. He goes to our church here and able to be in close relationship with him and, and uh, him and his son actually Addison who's a good friend of mine actually wrote this together specifically to communicate the person in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to youth and young adults in this generation who've kind of been burned or turned off by church so with that said I want to leave some time here in the next 18 20 minutes or so uh, for questions so I'm not sure the format Ryan if you want to lead or facilitate the questions or do I um, but that'll conclude my talk Hello.
2: hello
3: hello hello
1: hello
2: was my phone the only one wigging out just now
1: yeah i'm <laughs> I so think sorry I hopefully every- y'all heard the whole thing i couldn't hear any questions at all did anybody ask any questions it was muted the whole time I'm yeah around. no i was i was hearing you for sure i think ryan
4: may be muted i don't
1: know Yeah, we uh,
3: we called in with a question, but it just like we heard someone say hello, then it just like went
1: blank for like the past like four minutes. Yeah. Well, if you want to ask your ask your question, um, I can hear you.
3: Oh yeah, I just wanted to know, um, just as like an intern getting ready to like graduate in like the next coming years and have my like step into that first mission opportunity, and really just wanting like my first like my whole ministry be based on just following the Holy Spirit. What are some like? good examples or, like, maybe even some, like, tips that you could give, um, just me as a person, like, to ready to step out into, like, my first youth pastor, um, gig of, like, how I can really just kind of represent, like, being led by the Holy Spirit more than I am now, just so my ministry is, like, really just based on
4: what the Holy Spirit wants to do.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, you know, for me, I've read lots and lots of books through college, um, and my undergrad a secular degree was in business. I went to ORU for grad school, so I got my MDF from there. And so I just had secular formal training until I went to grad school. or until I went to YWAM first, and then went to ORU. Um, I read so many books about the people who have been led by the Holy Spirit, people of great faith. I think one of the one of the areas um, that you just can't you can't get away from, and you can't read are um, and not be inspired to live a life that is specifically driven by the Holy Spirit, or even just biographies of revivalists, whether that's uh, Leonard, Leonard Ravenhill, or I mean, just other great men and women of God, Phoebe Palmer in the in the 19th and 20th centuries, and that stirs such a hunger within you. I'm so thankful that I knew about these people and different revivals and different moves of God that have taken place, and even like youth moves of God that had Taken place through history, because it gave me a value for saying, "Okay, I, there's that. That's where the bar is. <laughs> like, that's what I want to aim for. I want to be a voice to a generation." And so, reading the biographies and seeing the struggles and the, and the challenges, but really the secret devotional life um, books, like uh, writings from E. M. Bounds on prayer, really, it's going to be driven from a personal place of prayer. I think carving out time, not just quiet time, we all know that, but then carving out time where you just sit before the Lord and ask him, God, I want to quiet down everything else and I need to hear your voice. How you start something, um, that principle is so true is what you'll need to do to it. And so you're in an amazing position because you can start off right. You can start off with this philosophy of being spirit-empowered, doing spirit-empowered and spirit-led youth ministry. And, and and very quickly you'll discover how you'll start that. You'll sustain it in prayer. You'll sustain it by taking risks of hearing the voice of God. You'll sustain it by a personal devotion life, devotional life of um, interacting with the Holy Spirit, asking for His voice as He highlights different things in Scripture. And like I said, The Holy Spirit and Introduction is a phenomenal and fantastic book just to start off and just kind of reading. It's very devotional, and I would say just even reading books that are similar to that um, from, uh, from influences who specifically seem to have uh, this close-knit relationship or an emphasis or a desire um, to grow in their relationship specifically with the person of the Holy Spirit. Any other questions?
2: yeah i have a question um what's up man Brandon? i'm uh I'm Bo. i'm from lafayette louisiana dude i used to be a neighbor for you uh
1: come on man i'm from lake you, charles i'm gonna yeah, be in dude, lafayette um, next month in march
2: yeah you, you're gonna be at my home church we're hosting the the youth conference so we're excited ah, to have you
1: looking forward to it bro what's <laughs> your name
2: so my name's bo um bo. So, so, you know, uh, South Louisiana culture, man—heavy Catholicism background, Absolutely. traditional, um, go to church hour fifteen max, yep, um, just a ton of that thing. So we've done we've done a really good job as a church um, catering to that, but introducing you know, all of those things with us being a Pentecostal church, and, you know, or assembly of God and just kind of that whole background. But as it relates to youth culture, man, it's like now more than ever, you talked about it being a fickle generation, how within that culture, a, a church, a church, a heavy church population in the Catholicism world that is all about ritual, that's all about, um, traditions, yep. how, and, and we're a church that is heavy. And <laughs> how is that done? And I don't want to sound superficial in any way, shape or form, <laughs> but how is, how is, how is that done? And how have you found that to be done? Even when you were like Charles mm-hmm. to do it in a way that does not scare the living daylights out of people. And how is that explanation How's that explanation? process for you whenever you're introducing the idea and the person of the Holy Spirit to people who are really being educated about God and the things of God and not necessarily just tradition but about relationship like what that what does that sound like what does that look like in in a in a in a service format obviously outside of your training of your developing your leaders but what does that look like
1: yeah that's a great question Uh, and I think you know I did youth ministry at a, just an independent, non-denominational church in Lake Charles for five years before moving out to Colorado back in 2011. And I think for us, and so so many, there's a young lady even on, on my staff right now, actually two young ladies on my staff uh, that worked for Desperation, both of them grew up Catholic their entire lives. Um, they started coming to our youth ministry when they were there about 14, 15, and just encountered the Lord, I filled the Holy Spirit, uh, gave their lives to Jesus, and so just knowing that background as well is so huge and it's so relevant, especially in southwest Louisiana. I think one of the things is um, the style and the – one of my favorite quotes, I think it's Carl manager who says this, um, to get a man to agree with you who is standing on the opposite side, metaphorically speaking, on the other side of the fence – uh, you can you can yell at that man, you can um, you can holler at him and you can talk about your op- opposing or your differing viewpoints. But the best way to win a man to your side is to climb the fence, go over, shake his hand, give him a hug, and hear his perspective, and then walk with him over to your side. I think that sometimes we make these two mutually exclusive. And they are not. It I uh, for me, Bo, it was it is always and even still now today. I am in uh, Colorado is not the Bible belt. And so I totally get it. In the same way where the problematic areas are kids that are just so religious and steeped in tradition and they've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to kids who are completely on church. Colorado, I mean we've legalized weed. Church is not a priority. There's no such thing as a church culture, at least in – even in Colorado Springs, that's hyper-conservative with all of our parachurch organizations. It is so not a church culture. Um, and so I have 14- and 50-year-olds. That's why I'm so passionate about it. They have never – like, it's like – I mean, even the idea of like a, like a, a worship service is like wh- – where the, you engage, it's like, this is overwhelming. I think one of the ways that we do it, um, one-on-one discipleship and in our small groups, Bo, but even it's that first experience. We put so much into our first impression scene. We recruit students for it. Because within, I mean, we all know the statistics, within your first 30, 60 seconds of somewhere, you've already made a decision. That's going to affect your receptivity level. And so what I do, Bo, is I try to balance it. The same emphasis that we have, like on the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in our services, um, Um, we put equal emphasis on being kind, putting a big smile on your face, welcoming people so they know you're not in some weird like whatever and even me personally so during our ministry times Bo, there's not a there's probably not a Wednesday night that goes by where we have a ministry where we have a ministry time and I'm intentional about using our prayer language and all that because I don't want it to be foreign I don't want it to be something they've never whoa like what is that no 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 this is the norm this is who we are but let me balance that by saying I it's all in I think whenever we are heavy-handed in our approach I always have the biggest smile on my face. I even and and almost to a fault wherever I feel like the room is super heavy like oh my gosh this is starting to get like spooky weird whatever I'll say whatever I I say with a huge smile on my face. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Jesus, you are so real. So whenever it comes to one-on-one ministry time, I'll, I'll even use my prayer language sometimes with students who've never been here before, but it's all in the way. I think if we use that rubric, there's a reason why it's 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, love, and then back to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, the governing of tongues, is that love, they've got a. Feel the love of God. I am a huge, and I've seen this student after student, Bo. If they sense and they know that you love them, immediately that will lead them, even to under- if they don't understand you, they will trust you. And that's really what you're going for in articulating this to emotional teenagers is if you can gain their trust, they will follow you Anywhere, so they'll follow you in the ways of, uh, of of championing the Holy Spirit and the move of God. Ch- they'll follow you in, in being super evangelistic and, and reaching their high school campuses, but they've got to trust you. And so we work overtime in the service. That There's trust. We work overtime the, from the moment they walk into, uh, into, our, uh, into the youth building to build trust. And before service, there's games and activities and all that. What are we doing? We're building trust because I know we're probably going to have, especially if I feel like it's going to be an intense night of ministry, depending on the message, it's like, all right, we've got to go overboard in building trust. We've got to give out extra hugs tonight. We've got we to create space in the service where we have conversation and strategically appoint leaders to newer students. Go talk to them. Love on them. Ask them their story. Tell them you know what god 's doing in your life because I know it 's probably about to get weird and 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 you know what, Bo, whenever we teach on the Holy Spirit every single time I, I tell them I preface it guys it 's about to get weird in here like let 's just be okay with it let 's just get the elephant out of the room, especially whenever we 're doing like a ministry time for the baptism of the holy spirit it 's like it 's going to get weird for a minute. But then, um, but then you're going to experience and encounter the love of God ultimately because that's what the Holy Spirit always brings. He communicates the love of God in a greater dimension in your life. Um, so that's what it looks like kind of pragmatically for us. That's the language that we use. That's the spirit in which we do it. It's joyful. It doesn't have to be this heavy weeping rolling on the floor thing. And let me also balance it by saying we are, we are pretty intentional about kind of pastoring the weird and, and messy students, the weird and messy corners, the weird and messy moments. Um so hopefully that that helps out a little bit. Yeah,
2: no, that's so good, man. I appreciate it. I love I love your your illustrate or your emphasis on the people on the front end. Um yeah, Jeannie says it so much, the most important time of your service is the first fifteen and the last fifteen and I think it's Absolutely. just about putting the emphasis on that first fifteen. Thanks, bro. Absolutely. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure man. Any other questions? Ryan, are you still there? Did we lose you? I don't know. Just
3: Great. He's hey, hey, Brandon. I've um, got a question for you. Okay. Uh, What's your name? Um, Carlos Ramos. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from originally from SoCal, but uh, I now live in Fairfield, California, which is in NorCal. So, okay. Uh so I've been a youth pastor about a, a year and a half. So learning uh, every day from from successes and failures uh, through that. And one thing I've learned is that you know you're teaching about the Holy Spirit and sharing with us your your personal uh, walk with Him. Is that uh, maybe the basic question that comes up, uh, at least for me, um, is that students ask, well, how do how do how do I get to hear the Holy Spirit? How do, uh, what like they ask me what steps to take and what what do you um, Maybe if students asked you that before, what do you tell them? I mean, because what I usually say is, you know, uh, get into your words, you know, carving out time with the Holy Spirit. But what if it's a new student, they're like totally new to it? How do you explain that to them? Yeah, great question,
1: Carlos. Um, the thing is, if you start with, and this is why the, the principle is so important. What you, what you, however you start a youth ministry, a, a, a church, whatever. That's what you've got to create to sustain it, right? And so I think new believers, in in my experience, Carlos, um, oftentimes it's easier for me to communicate and articulate hearing from the Holy Spirit to a new student who's kind of brand new to this because it doesn't come with some, like, presupposition, some pre, you know, some kind of experience, wound, weird theology. It's just kind of like, all right, this... Tell me about it, whatever, so so two different answers. Number one for a brand new student i would i I would direct them and show them, okay, the number one way that God speaks to you most often and the most frequent way he speaks is this gentle, small voice, and many times you will think that it is your own mind it will you will think that this these are your own thoughts, so number one you 're spot on having a relationship with the Word of God. But then letting them know as you're interacting with the Word, as you're interacting with the Word, bro, Hebrews says the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The The Word of God is alive. So as you're reading, be listening with the ears of your heart and different thoughts that will come into your mind during those moments. As long, and, and this is where it takes pastoring and discipleship and mentoring and coaching to say, okay, if that lines up with the word, that is God. You are hearing from God. Any moment that you can take to champion a student hearing from God creates such a momentum in their hearts because then that begins to stir faith in them like, oh, I can hear God. And so, Carlos, I create the most, the most simple like times, whether, even if it's in a worship moment. And again, it's taking risks. If we're singing about the love of God, talking about God being a good, good father, you're a good, good father, all of that stuff, we really believe it. As we're singing about the love of God, sometimes we'll just pause in a service and say, hey, we serve a speaking God, and that's the language that we use a lot. Um, and you just incorporate that into your verbiage. We, we serve a speaking God. Okay, the more you begin to disciple your students to know, oh, okay, yeah, God is a speaking God. He speaks to me through the person of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, he speaks through what I think are my own thoughts. So a thought will come across, uh, come across my brain, come in, into my mind. And so in moments of worship, just saying, hey, I want everybody just to pause right now. I just want you to tell God what God means to you. Tell God you love him. Tell whatever. Okay, now we're, gonna, we're just going to take a moment and pause I just believe that God is going to speak over every single one of you. And then again, Carlos, this is risky because it's like, well, I didn't hear anything. Well, the majority at some point, because God wants to teach this. And I think that's the thing that we've got to come. He wants teenagers to know his voice. My sheep know my voice. And so giving him space in an intentional way in a corporate setting of, I believe God's going to speak Mm -hmm. to you. And if nothing else, you'll hear God say, I love you too. Because what good father, whenever you tell him you love him, doesn't say, I love you back? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And, again, that's risky because it's like, what if they don't? Well, I, I, I just believe that's a risk that's worth taking because the moment they hear, man, I think I heard that was a thought that went, ran through. I love you, my son. There was one, let me give you this example, Carlos. As a kid, completely unchurched. I mean, completely. Completely unchurched. His name is Cameron Collins. He's in our youth ministry. He uh, he's a part of our student uh, high school leadership group that I, that I have weekly in my home every Tuesday night. Just started coming to our youth ministry in the fall. It was during worship, during worship, and we're talking about hearing the voice of God and receiving the love of God. And this kid, I mean, I wish you knew him. He's, he comes from German descent. Very stoic. His father's really stoic. I mean, classic German, and. In the middle of worship, he breaks down. He comes up to me after the service, and he tells me, Pastor Brandon, I heard God say tonight, you are my son, and I love you. He's like, I I heard him say those two words. This kid broke, big football player, six feet tall, junior in high school, on the the leading football team in in our city. And he says, I love you, and you're my son. And it just broke me with tears in his eyes. That was his moment. He gave his life to the Lord that night. He is following him. But because he heard God, well, you want to know whenever he said that to me, I championed it. I confirmed it. I said, yes, that is God. I used it as an example. He, and and, and it wasn't an audible voice, but it was a thought that ran through his mind during worship while he was interacting with the person of the Holy Spirit. This thought came, and that is God, because that lines up with God's Word. This can happen for you, too, kind of thing. So does that help a little bit?
3: Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it's probably one of the most elementary questions for when it comes to
1: no it's not uh,
3: spirit. but uh but it's vital for for us to lead them to to who he is so totally. thank you so much Brandon yes no problem at all Brandon you else?
0: got time for one more
1: yeah i do i didn't want to keep okay. anybody else past our time i'm here
0: cool hey john you want to
4: jump in
1: sure yeah absolutely um
4: uh thanks Brandon uh definitely for for sharing this this call has no been absolutely you. phenomenal um I just had a, I had a question. I guess I, uh, for me, what you were saying about taking risks was huge. Um, I guess I tend to um, just by nature kind of default to what's safe or I think, w- or maybe what I can control uh, when it comes to <clears throat> services. Cause I don't know, maybe I'm just that kind of guy. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to have, <laughs> have control over everything yeah. that's going on and make sure, you know, and, um, things go according to my plan. And pr- that was probably part of my problem. But uh um I guess I guess I'm curious, you know, in in stepping out and taking some of those risks. You know, have you ever had a um a time or or a or a moment where it was, you know, you step out and took a risk and you know it it didn't go the way you wanted it to or
1: uh, Oh yeah, sure. Uh, oh, absolutely.
4: And kind of what is that what does that what does that look like and how do you step how do you move forward from that?
1: Yeah, so let me let me tell you what I mean by taking risk. I'm not saying um, like wild, crazy things that's going to endanger like the, the faith of a generation or any of those things. Um, when I'm talking about whenever I'm taking risks, I'm mainly referring to uh, whenever it comes to spirit led, spirit empowered ministry on this on the platform uh, kind of setting is even taking risks of um, what you think you may have heard the Holy Spirit say to you. So a lot of this is uh, in the realm of the word of knowledge and the prophetic, taking some prophetic risks, right? And um, mm-hmm. and I know some, you know even that uh, the word can be associated, all right, prophetic people are weird people, whatever. We are prophetic by our design, by our calling, by the anointing that God has given us. If there was ever a time that this generation needed authentic and real um, prophetic ministry and prophetic voices, not just youth leaders, not just youth pastors, Pastors babysitting, but we need prophetic voices in this generation. Um, one of those, one of the ways to stir that up, and, and even in just in the service side. night, I've been taking more risk, like I said, in the last two years than than ever before. Is during a ministry time, during an altar call time. Which I mean, even like you know, many of us who know Jeannie as, as mom says, you know, altar ministries are kind of like a dying art in youth ministry, like who does those anymore, kind of thing. Um, but I think for me, it looks like oh, like asking, hey, I feel like I may have a word of knowledge on something. Is there anyone in the room who? Fill in the blank. And then there's just the awkward moment of, all right, nobody at all, moving right along. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I think in that moment, I mean, you just feel like, oh, I can't hear God, whatever. But it's taking risks like that, I think, where the Holy Spirit says, okay, I can trust you because in the moment whenever I authentically give you something, at least you'll try and I think, you know, I think, um, John, our, our, our hallmark example of this is Peter getting out of the boat, walking on water. And we've all preached it and we've all mm-hmm. heard the message a billion times. But w- in what way are we getting out of the boat specifically as it relates to doing spirit-empowered, spirit-led ministry? It shouldn't be years. It shouldn't be months, bro. It should be weeks where you wow. felt like that, all right, I got I to gotta get out of the boat because – I, I want to walk on water, and I may drown. I may, and so for me, that, that's what it looks like. Over time, it's become a little bit more accurate, but in the early stages, and, and so, I mean to be honest, sometimes it's like, ah, and I don't always get it right, and sometimes I miss it, but it's never in a, in a crazy way. We've got to take risks and know that, that it's okay. Whenever it gets a little bit off, as long as it's done in a spirit of love, and a spirit of order, and just using that moment to say, all right, well, I took a risk, and every time it's on the microphone, it's like, well, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying this. Maybe he's not. <laughs> maybe he's not. Does anybody else have a word? I mean, it's, it's, but it's it's having a ministry, a youth ministry, where that's, that's the norm, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah sure, we we take risk." That will mm-hmm. begin to show your students that my youth pastor, my youth leader, if he can take a risk and, and be okay with maybe missing it a little bit, Well what do you think that that's going to communicate to them? Oh, if he misses it, at least he can take the risk. That that models courage, that models the boldness that it's going to take. And so we have students now who are praying for school and saying, Okay, Lord, maybe you have a word to encourage them and of course these things come with teaching and training. But we focus heavily on the on the prophetic and by prophetic we just mean Saying what God is saying over your friends. And our pastor, that's you know, that's a part of the culture of our church. Saying what 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 is God saying? Find out what he's saying and start saying that. So as you're praying for a friend, just ask the Lord. Maybe there's something he wants to say to them. So
4: that's my two cents in that area, John. That's huge. Thank you so much.
0: No
1: problem at all, bro.
0: Well, Brandon, we are so thankful for your time, and I know uh, we've gone over a little bit. I want to honor Sorry your time. Though, man. So, man, we are we are so thankful for your time, and I know uh, you got all kinds of stuff going on. And so, I just want to remind you guys that next month we got Landon Pickering uh, in, from a uh, former youth pastor with Ed Young Jr. and he's going to be talking to us. Uh, and uh, make sure to be there. It's going to be March 31st, last Thursday of the month. Hopefully, you guys have a great time. I know, like I just going on missions trips and all that kind of stuff. And so praying that you guys have a great time. Dale, we are so, um, man, happy to hear about your progress and how things are going. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. And we'll no have this uh, up uh, on the recording on the website pretty soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. We'll talk thank to you soon. you all. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, bye.